0: What's up, y'all? This is your boy Lita Johnson, man. I got the scoop, filler talk. Yes, filler talk. We're gonna get down to that. Let's talk more about the NFL draft. That's my whole aim. Um, also, Philadelphia seventy six advancing past. What I tell y'all, man. I mean, that was just a oops game there, first one. I mean, um, we talk more and get uh, next. Next filler talk. I talk more about the flies. I've been getting in tune and talking my boy Jamie Boscow of Philly Sports Network. That's so my guy. I'm going to get more stuff from him and I will report that. And also with Phillies, my boy Johnny Heller of Philly Sports Network. That's my guy. Um, we'll be, uh, sharing notes and, and talking more about Phillies baseball. You know, they, um, they're doing their thing right now. We're going to fall back. Uh, I'll tell, talk more about those players and stuff next Philly talk, but this is all about Eagles and the Sixers. Now the Eagles first round pick is a toss up. And I think the way Howie Rosemind makes it is almost genius to to the point where you don't have to. It's kind of hard drafting for need when you. I mean, when I, what I say that for is because um, when you got a hole, you got to plug it. You got to put a young player in there. He has to develop. Uh, is he gonna be? You're not um expecting him to be an impact player first year. A productive, yes. If you're putting him in the starting role, if you're talking about drafting for a need, and sometimes people draft for a need, and the guy um. Isn't even, they don't even have a guy on there to, 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 to they not they're not even going to put him as a starter yet. They're going to put somebody else, but it's a need. Philly doesn't have a need. Every hole is plugged. Um, as far as the future and what you look for for the future, that's and in, depth. Those are the two things you look for when a team doesn't have a need for the future and depth. And you look in those parts. Okay. What do they have for the future? And what do they have for depth? And right now, the defensive line needs depth. It's no doubt. Um, Offensive line could use some depth. I think they did a good job with Matt Pryor and Jordan Mulata and um Big V. I mean, that's depth. That's three. Most guys don't even got one. They're looking for one depth guy or probably a guard and a tackle. Or they're trying, looking for a guy that can swing. Can swing. They're, they're really good right now in that department. If you look at um, Matt Pryor can play, um can swing. He can swing, you know, guard, tackle. Um Isaac's, uh Isaac, you know, my guy Isaac, the one they uh, gave the extension to, he's a center, guard, tackle. He can do either one. And Big V is a, a tackle that can, you know, I'm pretty sure he can do both. So that's that's big in itself. That's big in itself. And Jordan Mulata is a guy that he, he's a big. I mean, he's going to be a Pro Bowl. I think. I think he's so athletic, and for him to get good and get praised from guys like Kelsey, that's big. That's, I, I was looking for a player on his position to give him some type of credit. And 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 when Kelsey gave him the credit, that was big, in my opinion. Um, the offense is um you're breaking down the offense and you're going into the draft. Let's talk about running back. Who have they looked at their running back? Well, Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, um, Josh Jacobs from Alabama, Miles Sanders from Penn State, two guys, dynamic. I think best two. I've always said it. I've been riding with it. Everybody who r- rolls with me, my 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 supporters, my fans, my followers, <coughs> excuse me, they know I've been riding with Sanders as the best running back in the draft. And when people came up with Jacobs, okay, um, there are there are guys I don't know. And I look at his talent and I, and I trust other evaluators, but I still think Sanders is the best. But I, I will roll with Jacobs is number one since he's so popularly. You know, that's that's the by the man popular by the man. But I wasn't taking no other running backs over him. Y'all crazy. Number two. And people see what it is. And Philly likes Sanders a lot, even more. They, they like Jacobs and they like Sanders. They're the in both big. So in that regard, if Jacobs falls to 24, there's a great I mean, 25. There's a super possibility. Philly to take him now. The Eagles, the Colts, and the Raiders are from twenty-four to twenty-seven. Are quite interested. There's <laughs> a report that they're very interested in uh Jacobs. Now, Miles Sanders is a guy that could fall the second round. Can come up to late first round possibly, but he's a second round a lot, and he could be a top five, top ten guy in the first round, in the second round. Um, is it possibly could fall? Yeah, when you get to those rounds, good. It's a good draft that's the big thing. It's not like it's not that many good players or it's kind of short. It's a lot of good players. So a lot of good players could go ahead of a lot of good players, but I think Philly could, I think Philly doesn't want to trade up for nobody in the second round. If I'm looking at how they are doing things, because uh, they also look at the Henderson from Memphis. He's a guy that could fall right between their 53 or 57 range and they can go get him. Uh Raquel Armstead could be in the f- uh, fourth round, the fourth round pick. He's a guy that can run, you know, uh, so guys like that. I think Philly is really they looking at running back, but they're not really looking at running back. They want people to fall. I don't think they're trading up now trading down. I could see that Miles Sanders. I saw one report that looked like it could be precise trading down for Miles Sanders could happen. And that's that. That's one of the guys. Uh, Khalid McGarry. He's a, a tackle that everybody likes. Philly is, you know, brought him in. A uh, Cody Ford. I could see him falling. They could trade down for Cody Ford or they could stay right there at 25 and take Cody Ford. It just depends on, but the thing is this Jeffrey Simmons or Jacobs, if, if I think one of them will fall to 25 and I think Philly's not going to move. I think if Simmons and Jacobs are gone, Philly's going to move down. And then looking at the draft, um, depending on if sweat, if Sweat moves down, it depends on how far he moves. If Sweat moves down to the teens, or if he if he moves down to like eighteen, I could see Philly feeling real interested to go get Sweat after bringing him in. And you're looking at Ed Oliver. At one time, I thought he would fall, but I, not no more. I think the buzz has basically the cat's out the bag. You're not going to pass on this guy in the top ten. <laughs> so if we go that, I think if we go to that buzz about uh. uh Just forget about A. Oliver. Just forget about A. Oliver. A. Oliver is an unbelievable talent that I just don't. Looking at his movement and the buzz around him coming up to this draft, I don't see anything going down about the Eagles being able to get him. Now, Sweat, yeah, something about a heart condition and, you know, people get scared. And I've seen him go down as far as 16 on some mocks. If he gets to that round, the Eagles will lick their chops, but the Eagles are not really. They're just looking at prospects that they're going to look at their movements that they move down and think about it and talk. And, of course, they'll probably throw something at a guy like, hey, we'll trade you this for this. But when they make the trade, it's going to be good for them. All right. Now, the thing is this, like there are other guys, though. Jalen Ferguson was brought in of 17 sacks. This guy is a beast. I um. Looking at L.J. Collier, they could move down, trade down just to get him in the first round. They could trade down into the second round to get L.J. Collier at defensive end. They brought him in. Um, it, it, That that could definitely happen. You know, it, there's a lot of different type of dynamics that Philadelphia can do. They don't have to rush none. They don't have to go, like, oh, we're in the bad. No, they're in all good situations. Just look at their visits and what they're doing. Just because they... Have somebody visit, you know, I heard my boy Ed Crash, that's my guy, man, he's a smart dude, I mean, you know, but they're not bringing guys in just to bring them in to use up a visit, they're actually interested in them, but they're, they're looking at their movements, if Ed Oliver don't come out of a certain spot, no, they're not going to touch him, <laughs> they're not going to even think about him, you know, but if he moves in, they're looking at what people say, obviously, when you see stuff like that, know that they're saying stuff about this guy, and they have doubts on this guy's stock, and if it could fall down, okay, So, and it's just been reported, the Eagles have, Nelson Aguilar is up for trade. So, this is now, on that note, let's go to that note. Wide receiver for the Eagles. Wide receiver. A.J. Brown was brought in. People have talked about Marquise Brown. Okay. um, Those two guys, uh, Nikhail Harry was brought in, which I think he'll be off the board by, but Eagles don't, don't count out their first round pick. Eagles could take anybody. Everybody talking, they won't take a cornerback. The Eagles will take anybody. What are you talking about? The Eagles will, will trade down and take anybody right there. The staff is full. They don't have a need. What y'all are looking at is like it's a need. No, they're looking at the best player available. So if Nikhil Harry is there and they decide to trade Nelson Aguilar, boom, that's their other receiver. So Nikhil Harry could be drafted at 25. Think about it. If Nelson Aguilar can get them a third round draft pick. Easy right now today. And then you like, boom, we got another pick. So people got to understand what the Eagles are doing. The second round, A.J. Brown, uh, Marquise Brown could be a first round pick. They think about. But if the kill Harry is there before Brown, what you think? And you, do you think they would get Brown? Brown's a good player. I think they could. But also A.J. Brown is another guy. They can go into the second round and think about him or maybe trade down and get him after trading Aguilar. They can do so much. They can do so much. So all these guys they bring in, yes, Philadelphia is interested. DeAndre Baker, they won't get a cornerback. Man, they're going to trade down. Jalen, listen, Jalen, let me tell you all some guys. I like Jalen Mills, you know. I mean, I know he's had some ups and downs, but dude's a tough guy. He's a Philadelphia guy. Mills could get traded. Russell Russell Douglas has been the name has been going around, you know, so we know there are pieces in there. It's a lot of cornerbacks. So they have trade pieces. You think they won't trade down after they trade a cornerback and go get DeAndre Baker? Like, come on. Darby's on a one year deal. You don't know what they're going to do with him. whether they're going to give him a long term next year or that night. Probably not. Because Wentz needs to get this money and that money need to go? So they need this guy right now to compete. They think it's Super Bowl. Philly's thinking Super Bowl. That's why one year deal here. One year, they need the guys that did good. Bring them in. Boom. If I was them, I'd go at the Lynch. One year deal. Get you another power back. You know, guys that can move the chains. Get a one year deal. I would. I go for Lynch, try to get them for a cheap price, and let's win the Super Bowl, brother. You know, because uh that LeGarrette Blunt factor, it was so big to have that. And then, you know, really looking at Jay he was a power back, but he did a little shift in this game. You know, so you got two guys like Lynch and Howard, that would be big. You know, but anyway, um, offensive line, Cody Ford, Kaleb McGarry. Um, They had a guy from Arkansas they brought in for a visit. Um, uh, Chris, you hear about Chris Lindstrom. They like him. Those, these are all guys that can possibly be trade down or stay right there and get them type guys at 25. All these guys can go, you know, late first round, the second, early second round. Um, so you could possibly do this, Chris Lindstrom. You talk about Chris Lindstrom, another guy that's a defensive end, edge rusher, An- another guy that could be uh, drafted by them trade down scenario. Same thing with Lindstrom, and you know, Cody Cody Ford is a guy that could could couldn't even last, could could maybe be gone before twenty four. So they could actually stay at twenty five and take Cody for it. Um, so many good scenarios. Looking at the quarterback scenario, they don't—they haven't brought in too many quarterbacks. And look at that. I mean, Trace McSorley is one guy they looked at. They might look at a guy that's not drafted and bring him in. I don't think they're really going to go cr- crazy hard, but I think a six-round pick could be a quarterback. That's why I got Trace McSorley. As a guy that could, you know, so many doubts. I think he's going to be a good backup quarterback. I think he'll be a tough, good NFL quarterback, period. I mean, I'm talking Pro Bowl, perennial Pro but a tough guy that can win games and, you know, be good, good player. I mean, if you could tr- take Trent Dilfer to the Super Bowl, I, I think Trace McSorley is a better quarterback than him. You know, a more tougher quarterback than him, you know, looking at how he played for Penn State for four years. Um... Penn State guys who could go to Philly, everybody. Sharif Miller. Uh, they need a defensive end. Uh, um, Amani Arure, he's another guy that can go there. Uh, cornerback that they've talked to. Cornerbacks, Isaiah Johnson, DeAndre Baker. Uh, they're definitely going to get a safety. Wine Thornhill. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Jonathan Abrams was somewhere um being looked at, but you got to look at Thornhill and Darnell Savage, uh, uh, two guys that I see Philly clamping on more. And we're looking at second round, to, uh, uh, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson's another guy that I feel like that there are a lot of people like they could trade down and get him. I mean, Philly can go any way. This is what everybody has to realize. Philly can go. There's no, don't say what they can't do because they can do it. They would, they can draft it. This is the one draft where what you haven't seen in a minute could happen. A ride a receiver, you've seen that, but a running back, a cornerback, that could happen because look, if Philly's never been in this situation, they don't, they're not in this situation like that. But they're really not in this type of situation. They won the Super Bowl. They went to the playoffs and now their third year, they're doing the same thing they did before. And it's clearly in front of you. The blueprint's clearly there. Um, Nelson Aguilar, like I said, it could definitely go down, and it's it's kind of intriguing because I like Nikhil Harry and A.J. Brown and Marcus Brown, and I like these receivers. If we can get one of these guys that's tall and can fly like that in this offense, you're getting Carson Wentz another weapon for the future to learn from Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson. Another thing about uh, Shelton Gibson and Mac Hollins, people got to stop. I mean, I heard John, John. I was uh, looking, listening to John McMullen and his stuff and somebody, uh, one of the guys like Shelton Gibson is not a, he's not going to be, come on, man. That's like a guess. How do you know? That's crazy. Cause just like you could say that I could say something else and I can also have a fact on that. Yes. He's good on special teams, but he's a, he's a, a uh, the Jackson type of clone. He's, and he's going to learn from Deshaun Jackson. They had him in there. He caught a 48 yard bomb. They put him in there and he made, he, he's already a. Uh, he's, he's going nowhere. They're going to see how this thing rides out. Now, I'm not saying he's the one or two best receiver, but as a slot or a fourth receiver weapon, he's there. They like him. You know what I mean, they like him to be a slot type of guy. You don't even, you're looking at Deshaun Jackson and Jeffrey three more years and you keep a guy like Shelton Gibson. and If he, if he gets better and better, there you go. Yes, he is a weapon. It's definitely a weapon. You trade Nelson Aguilar and you bring in another guy. This The guys they're talking about bringing in, we're not even looking to say just a slot. These are guys that could take over after Deshaun Jackson, the Sean Jeffrey lead. That's the type of talent that Nikhil Harry, Marcus Brown, and AJ Brown have. That's the type of talent these guys have. You're looking at number one receivers. These guys have that type of talent. So whether they play slot right now or whether they play the fourth receiver or whatever, they're being groomed to be the, the number one receivers. And now you look at two guys who are intriguing, Gibson and Mac Holland's a six four. Anybody recognize what he did on the Super Bowl year when he got the call? He was he, he was a big play guy, as like the fourth receiver, six four. So this is this is one guy. If you are looking at no, and he's a good he came in with the reputation of being good at special teams and was. So now you are talking about a guy that can catch and could be an outside receiver. He's six four with speed with a four five speed. You possibly get a receiver, This, just this, throw this one out there. Let's say A.J. Brown is an eagle, and you're talking about him and Hollins. I, I wouldn't be mad at all with them two guys, and then you're talking about Shelton Gibson in the slot. I mean, right there, you're looking at a guy with speed. There's no way you can doubt that. There's no way you can go past that. Shelton Gibson hasn't got the time, but we know when he got a play last year, he made a big play. Anytime McHollins got the ball in the Super Bowl year, he made plays. When he got the ball thrown to him, you know, it's touchdowns. I mean, he he really displayed it. And you're talking about the 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 the, the fact of how good AJ Brown could be. So I'm just saying, when people are looking at Shelton Gibson and Mac Hollins, there's no way you're just gonna knock them off like they're not. You know what I mean? These are guys that can play. And look at who they were before they came into the into into the pros. And look what they've shown. You know, Gibson, you know, he had to learn for one year. Now look at him. He moved up the depth chart. Um, the defensive line part is going to be big, man. I like Jalen Ferguson. You got Christian Wilkins. You got, um, Cleland Farrell. If he falls down, he's definitely a super guy. You would you would go after, um, Dexter Lawrence. is another guy that's been thrown around LJ Collier. Um, they have a lot of defensive linemen in this draft. that are just good. Uh, the chase Winstrom guy, um, that's another guy that's been thought of and talked about. So they're definitely, I think Philly's going to draft a couple of defensive linemen in this draft. It's so deep that I think the first two rounds expect a defensive lineman. I really was thinking two defensive linemen, the offensive lineman, but it's, it's just not like that. It's just not like that. You know, they're going to get the best player available wherever he is. So nobody's going to be able to predict where the Eagles go. You can, you can make a, a guess. I think the first pick, I used to think defensive linemen, but you never know now. If Josh Jacobs falls to 25, the Eagles are going to swipe Josh Jacobs. Everybody can talk what they want. All they want to get. If Josh Jacobs falls to 25, the Eagles are going to get Josh Jacobs. You know what I mean? What I've been hearing and all the buzz coming out about Josh Jacobs and Eagles, if Josh Jacobs falls to 25, he's an Eagle. In the second round, what's their priority? Their priority is not even – they don't have a priority. People don't understand. The, if And now looking at the importance of the roster, they don't have enough depth on the defensive line. So I feel like that's all. And then safety is big. You know, safety for the simple fact that uh, McLeod's a free agent next year. You know, guys like Jenkins, guys are aging. So <laughs> you look for a safety. You got to look for a safety. I think that's an important thing. So in that second round, I think if there's a safety worth drafting at that point in that position, you go get them. You go get him. I think the safety is, is big. And, and that, and then, you know, cause if they get Jacobs, and this is what I'm saying. Jacobs, I think could fall. Everybody been saying, so we're going to put Jacobs right there. All right. Now, when we put Jacobs right there, right? Let's go to the second round. And I say, um, if you see, uh, Chauncey Gardner there, which we'll see if he falls there far to, to like the 20, the late 20s in the second round. This guy, a lot of people like this guy. Philly really likes this guy. So if he falls there, he's an eagle. But if he doesn't, is Juan Thornhill or Darnell Savage good enough to get at that second-round position over another prospect they got? Let's think about LJ Collier. Let's think about Jalen Ferguson. Are these guys going to be available? Because they'll go get those guys. There are a lot of defensive linemen available in this draft that could go to that point. Dexter Lawrence could fall out there. All right. That's one guy who could fall over there. So those are three guys. Cause Jalen Ferguson from late first round to anywhere in the second round. Cause when you get in the second round with this type of talented draft, people start, you know, falling. Then you're looking at receiver. If they don't see a defensive lineman there, they're looking at receiver. If a receiver falls to their point and they don't see a defensive lineman, they like, then expect the Eagles to go ham at their defensive lineman for the next one for sure. But if they're looking at their board and they're seeing AJ Brown there, and they don't see Jalen Ferguson, they don't see uh Dexter Lawrence, you know what I mean? They don't see um they don't see um any other Chase Winstrum. They don't see any other defensive guy that was on their board, and they see JJ Brown. He's gonna get selected, and then the the trade Nelson Aguilar begins because they're gonna make some type of trade, whether they're getting a, a third round pick or a fourth round pick. They're going to let them go if they get it. They're right. If they get one early, I thought that. I was like, yo, if they go for that, Nelson Aguilar's out of here. I've been saying this. So if Nelson Aguilar, if if A.J. Brown or anybody gets drafted in the the second round, he's out of here. And and, any period, like if they get one in the fourth round, but I don't think if they get one in the fourth round, I really don't think a fourth round guy gets Aguilar out of here. I think the uh, first and second round gets him out of here. There's a possibility maybe a fourth round will get him out of here, but I don't, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. He has had the right skills, had the right type of impact. We'll just see where that goes. I just don't think, I think the first, I think the second round, if a receiver comes in the second round, Aguilar's out of here. Not saying it won't happen in the fourth. I just don't see the urgency of getting him out of here that quick when you get a guy in the fourth, we'll just see what, what the talent level is there. Who's the talent that the Eagles are going to get in the fourth round. Jalen Hurd is a guy I've heard of. Went from running back to wide receiver. He's six, four. He could be a guy they go after. Will they go after him? He's a fourth round type of guy. So look at him. So we'll just see where that goes, you know? Um, These first couple of rounds is going to be interesting. In the fourth round, where do I think they'll go? Like I said, the first three picks, it's like they have, they do have a first, a second, and third because they got two second-round picks, and I don't think they're going to trade neither one of them if they're trading up or down. So um, when you look at – because they need too much. I think a safety in the second round is definitely evident. I'm telling you, like Ryan Thornhill, Darnell Savage, and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Or three guys, I can see. And then with the third round being what it is, Eagles might wait with Nelson Aguilar and see, you know, who's going in the third round, then trade Nelson. I can, I can see that happening. You know, I mean, the Eagles are going to get a safety in this draft. They're going to get a safety. They're going to get a defensive lineman. They're going to get. I think they're going to get two defensive linemen, maybe three. They're going to get an offensive lineman, and they're going to get a uh, running back. Running back receiver is going to get drafted. <laughs> Running back and receiver is going to get drafted. All right, defensive lineman, offensive alignment. Now, how many? And let's start it over. Running back, wide right receiver, offensive lineman, defensive lineman, safety. There's five things the Eagles are going to get. Now, you look at what they got in this draft. You got a first round pick, two second round picks. No third round. Two fourth round. Two fifth rounds in the sixth round. No, a fifth round in the sixth round. Sorry. So you look at what they're going to do. The first three, you're just taking down the running back, wide right receiver, offensive lineman. Not in that order, but just taking that down. Then you're going to the four, two fourth round picks, which I think are just as important as the first three picks. You know, <laughs> you're talking about Safety and defensive lineman. And then you still got picks. Okay, you still got picks. Still got two picks. What do you do with those picks? Well, those are the picks where you'd be like, all right, who's left? And you're looking at a defensive defensive lineman. Defensive lineman and offensive lineman could be the, that, that's the double up. That's the double up. Like you, you want as many defensive or offensive alignment as possible. And it's not even in their order. So I think they'll get a couple of defensive or offensive alignment. I don't, I don't actually think that a quarterback could be gotten if they're satisfied enough and get the picks that they want. Now looking at the report now and seeing how things are going, this draft could be totally different. I could see a star receiver getting drafted in the first three picks. I really could see that. That's what's making everything so crazy. And it, it's going to be something to see who falls. If Nikhil Harry falls to 25, he's an eagle. It Only if Josh Jacobs is gone. Only if, if Josh Jacobs is gone and Nikhil Harry falls, he's an eagle. I'm telling y'all right now. And then you're looking at if both of those guys are gone, it's Jeffrey Simmons. Then you're looking at what if all three of those guys are gone? Well, that's when the toss up really comes. That's when the trade down is looking more evident than ever trading down. That's looking more evident than ever. Then you can trade down and get a lot of people. You can trade down and get a lot of people just like they did with Dallas Godert. like Jalen Ferguson and Dexter Lawrence and um, LJ Collier and AJ Brown and Miles Sanders. These all become. Names. Cody Ford could be gone. You know, he he's a guy that they could stay at 25 and get. I could really see them getting Cody Ford or, or just trading down and getting him. I mean, he's another guy that can move down to the to early first round late. But at the same time, he's also been suspected as a guy that could go early. Earlier than 25, like 22, 21, 20. Garrett uh, Bradbury is another guy. But he's a guy that is going to go earlier. I can see him going earlier. He he could end up going later. It's just so much talent that stuff could shift and move. That's why the visits are so, you know, important. They are so, so important. People wanted Devin Bush. Philly is is content. For one, they use two of their linebackers most of the time. You know, and, and KGH, they got a lot of confidence in him, which I didn't really know. But he has been playing good, so, hey. You know, KGH is a guy. They got a lot of confidence in LJ Fort. They brought him along. Paul Rorolo. They're, they're, they're content. Philly is not looking. People act like they're looking for a star. They want a guy to be productive over there right now. Their, their star is Nigel Bradham. That's it. And then you get LJ Fort. He's the new stud. So I like everything they're bringing to the table there. Bradbury is a guy you can trade down for, can play center and guard. Just watch out and look at where they're going. Um, there's a lot of guys that you can look at um, that Philadelphia could definitely get. I like Khalid McGarry. I do. I think Khalid McGarry is a good talent. If you get an offensive lineman, he's my favorite one. Him and Cody Ford are my favorite guys right there as far as offensive linemen go. But uh, Khalid McGarry is a guy I would take him over Cody, and Cody's good. I wouldn't be mad at Cody. That means when, when Peters leaves, you got a tackle coming. You know, you got a guy that's gonna step right in. I mean, that they, they'll let you know that they they like they'll let you know that they like um they like Titus Howard is another guy to look at that I definitely like they could trade down for. Um they'll let you know that they like um Malada and them, but they don't they don't sit on them. You know, they don't like this is it. We're gonna just roll with this. No. That's not how they're gonna rock. And that's good to know, you know, they're looking for a guy that's even better than my lot guys who played there in spell competition for the future also. So this this just think about that, like Philly's going to be good next year. That's what everybody to be happy about. Philly's going to be good next year. And, and you can just tell about how they're drafting Chase Winovich. That's the guy that um, Philadelphia is um another guy that's that's popped up a lot. Chase a defensive end, maybe a trade down guy. Um if he falls. I mean it's, it's a lot of guys that Philly could really put their hands on. And they've did a lot of good scouting. If you look at the guy, uh Jaka Polite is another guy defensive end um out of Florida that they've looked at. Good pass rusher could they could possibly get there's no doubt about that one. Pretty good player, pass rush. They're looking for rushers. They're looking for pass rushers, which is good. And that's why I think they'll eventually get, they can get two defensive ends in the second round. I wouldn't even be mad at them because that's that's adding to the defensive prowess. I mean, I'm not looking at one guy that they get like, oh, because he's going to add. We got we, we got people on this team already that's going to come in there and do good. So it's not like, um, I'm like, oh, they didn't get a safety. We still got McLeod and them until they're gone. They're not gone yet. It's still here, um, but I'm telling y'all, guys, if they fall, that they'll get. I told you about the first round, Chasey uh, in, in, the, in the second round, Chauncey Gardner Johnson. That's one guy. If he falls, and Titus Howard, I can see both those guys going in the second round if they fall. If they get those two guys, I see that. And then you're like, well, where's the running back? Well, Miles Sanders is another guy. If Miles Sanders falls, he's going to get drafted. Now on the board, he's I think he's number one. Over Chauncey Gardner Johnson, and um, boy, I think it's kind of you know what Chauncey Gardner Johnson's a guy they like, and Sanders. I think those are two guys. If Titus Howard falls, I think he's the third guy on that list. You know what I mean? But I think, and that that would be something that um, that's crazy. If you look at the tackle, they still they got tackles. So you think Titus Howard and you look at Chauncey Gardner Johnson, the way they like him, if he falls, I think he would be the first guy <coughs> drafted out of all three of them. I, I just see a lot of buzz on Chauncey Gardner Johnson and then Miles Sanders and then it's Titus Howard. Out of the three prospects I just named, the, I think Chauncey Gardner Johnson is number one on their list. And then you got Miles Sanders. I think he would be second because if you look at the running back, they're more deep there. And you look at guys – Coming. Uh I mean you look at Josh Adams, they have more pieces in the running back situation. And you look at guys in the safety, guys are aging. If you can get a guy like Chauncey Gardner Johnson, that's big. No question, that is big. So yeah, that's one guy. I see them definitely uh if he falls, that's I think I, in the second round, if you ask me their top prospect in the second round. I think it will be Chauncey Gardner Johnson. If he falls, I'm looking at so many guys. Look at Jalen Ferguson. Another guy was Shane uh, Zemenez is a guy, uh, defensive end that they like. I think he could be a fourth-round guy that Philly could go after, possibly. A fourth-round guy. We'll see how that goes. But yeah, Isaiah Johnson was a cornerback who could play safety. He's a fourth-round guy raquel armstead i've talked about him he's another fourth round guy they can get that running back the guy can run from temple shout out to temple sports um it's a lot of guys that philly got in just a hot 150 that i feel like they can really do some damage everybody the people they had coming to visit all these guys are good i think and then with the development of how um jeff stoutland does and Jim Schwartz. I mean, these guys are going to develop these guys. good. Look how Avante Maddox. Anybody we got in, everybody should be excited. Anybody we got, if we get drafted, everybody should be excited because we know how good they're going to develop. We just know it. I mean, they'll get the most out of you. If they can't get nothing out of you, then no, nobody can. All right. So let's talk about the Sixers. And let's get on. um The Sixers against the Raptors, and I just think it's a, I'm hearing this assessment, man, of people picking Toronto, Milwaukee, which is crazy, Philly has the second best starting five, now with Boogie Cousins out, it's the best starting five in basketball, so how, if the Warriors are going to win the championship, how are the Sixers not going to beat the Raptors, I really don't get that terminology by Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith and Shaquille O'Neal on uh, inside the NBA. That was crazy. That was crazy. I respect them. They're smart. They're great players. But are you I mean, I, I think they're going with the popular vote instead of the sensible vote. Then you're talking about bench. Like what does Philadelphia's bench have to do to prove to you they got depth? You're talking about one guy like Fred Van Fleet. That was Max Kellerman. Now, I, I go with with, with Steven Nate. Looking at this team and they're starting five, their bench is not going to be able to handle this start. This starting five is going to be in there most of the time. They're going to have to go to their bench. Guys like Danny Green have nothing on J.J. Reddick. Nothing. Nothing at all. Last two years, J.J. Reddick has been one of the top shooting guards in basketball. One of the most unguardable shooting guards in basketball. I ain't talking about thirty points a game. I'm talking about this is a guy you don't want to leave open. Danny Green, you don't want to leave open for ten points a game. All right, JJ Reddick can score about forty on you. You keep on playing. All right, he's scoring eighteen points a game. That means he's shooting on people on the regular. He's a weapon on the regular. So you're gonna ha- and he's gonna run you around the court. So you're talking about his defensive liability. Team defense eliminates all that defensive liability stuff. How many people on Philly are defensive liabilities? Is the question. That's the question. And then you make up for a good team defense when you don't have as much defensive liabilities. We know T.J. McConnell and J.J. Redick are defensive liabilities, but they team defense are scratch all that. Their length, T.J. McConnell is not um, Gary Payton or something like that. Van Fleet is scoring eleven points a game, right? But T.J. McConnell has had the triple double before. He is a he's a true point guard, like a nineties point guard. You know what I mean? You talk about a point guard like a. Where would you go? Um, Mark Price, like not with, with no three point shot. Um, John Stockton type of point guard. How about that? Steve Nash type of point guard without as much offensive game. But he does have a shot and he can score on you and he can run an offense. Now, of course, you're going to have guys like Van Fleet, better than him, but TJ McConnell was still going to impact. We're talking about bench players. They're going to come in there and be an impact. Period. Period. He's, he's did enough this season to let you know he's a productive bench piece. This is what we're talking about, a bench. Now, let's go to another player, James Ennis. He started for Houston. He's been an immediate contributor as soon as he's came here. Now, the only thing he's had is the same problem even the starters have, chemistry, not playing together. The more they play together, the more dangerous and the more in trouble the league is. Every time they play together, every minute, every second. So that's one guy, Jonathan Simmons. He's been, look at the averages of these guys on the bench between both teams. He's been a contributor all season. You know, hello, uh, you know, I'm talking about Orlando, you know, he was, he was, he's Jonathan Simmons. How about that? All right. He can definitely score. All right. He has length, put him in a team defense. He's going to be a factor. All right. He can score. What can you say? He can score just like anybody else on Toronto's bench. He started, he's been in, uh, playoff matchups. Boban. What has Boban done since he's got here? Nothing. He's been in playoffs. Those are two guys that played together, Simmons and Mjanovic. Mar- Mar- so now you look at that factor, them two, them two knowing each other. Brett Brown knowing them. All right, that's big. It's always good, the IQ, t- you know what I mean, when people know each other, comfortable around each other, know each other's fight. That's one thing. Then you got Mike Scott, which was a surprise to me. I mean, he's been the surprise to me. Like he's done nothing. John Jonah Bold is a six eleven guy that can shoot threes. He's had big games. He's shown and flashed his potential already. He's a he's not he's not a factor. Amir Johnson might not get no time because of that, because there was a time when Amir Johnson had to get time. Now he doesn't, but he's still a guy that can come in and hustle, play defense, and be your garbage man. That's a that's a piece off the bench because he can shake some of your other pieces up if he gets time. That's if he gets time. Greg Monroe, how has he not been a factor? He's a third center. When you're a third center, able to score five and four. Coming in sometimes to give you nine and 13. So my thing is, this: how in the world? Corkmise, Corkmise. What do you want to talk about him? The man can shoot trades. That's a productive bench piece. What are you saying? Are great. Like, what are you saying? Any player that they got that's scoring off the bench, Philadelphia has somebody or a couple of people to match them. Zaire Smith has came in and produced. Shake Milton has came in and produced. What are you? What are people saying about their bench? They just don't have chemistry together. They don't know each other. The team itself don't know them because, just like the starting five, you had a whole bunch of new bench players come in too. They trade. They not only traded their starting a lot of their, you know, some starters with Covington and Sarge. They also traded the, most of their bench. Their whole bench, if you look at them with TJ McConnell, Bolton got time. All these guys are productive. And then you see it night in and night out that they have productive. Sometimes their bench is low. Sometimes it's not just like any other bench. So I don't really see the, I don't really see it. You look at, I just want the, the explanation among analysts. I'm calling out analysts to put this as all analysts, the herd, Stephen A, Max Kellerman. I mean, I need to see this. What is? I need you to break this down. Why Philadelphia doesn't have a good bench? How come it's not something you have to worry about? When they bring guys off the bench, they're going to bring James Ennis. All right. Now, this is what they've done because now McConnell, you can see, has been, you know, just like everybody else think, a matchup problem, you know, defensive liability. But why bring him in a lot when you can have Jimmy Butler run the point? And that's what they've been doing. He's been their second ball handler. Then you put Ben Simmons in the, in the middle, and that's a whole nother problem. Because as much as people love Kawhi, and I love Kawhi, he can guard LeBron. He can guard a lot of people. Ben Simmons is still somebody you have to worry about. But he's not the first person. He's not the second or third person you have to worry about. Those guys are Jimmy Butler a Joel Embiid and Tobias Harris because those are the scores. But you forget about somebody. J.J. Reddick. So, there's no way in the world you're looking at, uh, Pascal's, uh, uh, you're looking at Pascal, who, who's the most improved player. Remember that. Tobias Harris has been producing for a minute. Uh, he's the most improved player. you are dealing with a vet. All right. Then you bring guys like, um, okay. Mark Gasol, S- Serge Ibaka. All right. Cancel that. We got Joel Embiid. Just like we'll, we'll cancel. Nobody can hold Kawhi Leonard. Nobody can hold Joel Embiid. <laughs> Those are the two things. That we are certified on. Now you're looking at who is going to hold Jimmy Butler. Who? Danny Green. Who? Who? Who was Serge Ibaka? Tobias Harris. Okay, so you put Serge Ibaka, the defensive guy, on on Jimmy Butler, I guess. You're going to bring him out to. I don't know what you're going to do. who kakao lowry Like the only certified they have is is Kawhi Leonard. And then you bring in Siakam. I mean, he's he's been he's been good. He's been special. But you're going to say that Siakam is going to beat the Sixers? Okay, Siakam, Kawhi Leonard. Those are the only two guys I'm looking at that can give you high value. I'm not. No, I'm sorry, Kyle Lowry. I'm not worried about Kyle Lowry. I saw Siakam score almost 19 to 20 a game. Kyle Lowry is not going to do that against nobody. Ben Simmons will guard Kyle Lowry. I put Butler on on and, and Kawhi and let whoever win that whoever win that, because Butler's the dog. You let Kawhi deal with Butler, and I will trust that because he's gonna have a tough time. No matter what he scores, he's gonna he's gonna have to work for it. All right. Siakam and Harris, I I I'll let that happen any day. I'm not. He's not the type of guy. He's not putting enough work to to, to make me think that he's gonna take the game over. And then if he comes over anything, Philadelphia has enough length to to take him out. He's not going to be the guy to take Philadelphia out. It's just not, it's no proven fact on that. He's been very good this year, but you're going to have to do that to me. If you're not going to give, with all honesty, if you're not going to give Philadelphia the bench thing, or you're not going to give them the fact that they got three centers now, you're definitely not going to prove to me that Siakam is going to beat the Philadelphia 76ers. Sorry, he's not better than Harris. He's good. He's not better than Harris. He's just not better. He's good. He can play defense. He can hit threes. He has everything Harris has, but he has to do it against the Sixers. Harris, I I mean, I'm sorry. He's done it too much, too many times through his career. He's done it too many times. So they're going to have to stop Tobias Harris. Philadelphia will stop Siakam. They got too much length on the starting five. (laughs) They got too much length coming off the bench with, if they decide to put Ennis and Scott on them. Then you got to come through with Boban in the middle. Then they can throw Jonathan Simmons in there. This is length. These are guys people have to shoot around. Whether you're talking about their great defensive players or not, the way they play their defense, guys, it's hard for guys to score against the Sixers because or score in a matter of time it takes to beat them because you have to score around their long players, fast players. that run the go up and down the floor. And then you got shooters. All these guys can score. Jonathan Simmons can score. Ennis can score. Mike Scott can score. That's the first three off the bench you know that can score. Whoever comes off the bench or not. All of them. You have to worry about all three of them. Then Boban. That's four guys I just named off the bench that can score and have scored this year. Four guys. Then Greg Monroe. I don't want to hear nobody say nothing. Greg Monroe has produced as a third center on this team. So with all honesty and respect, and then you forget about TJ. They don't even have to put TJ in there. They let Jimmy play you know, those minutes. Let him sit sometime. You got Ben Simmons. You put Ennis in there or Ben Simmons and Simmons, and you, you can sit Butler then, but then Butler can come, come in and be a, a guy that could be the point guard. That's what they've been doing. That's what they did, you know, in this series jimmy butler is the backup point guard so what are you going to do with that van fleet what are you going to do with that van fleet is their backup point guard they got norman powell they got danny green i see mccall mccall patrick mccall on the bench but he hasn't did anything but he's still a score off the bench i'm giving all credit giving all credit to what they got um norman powell van fleet mark gasol Who else? Well, OJ, OG and a boy, OG and a boy. Okay. You got to give them credit for the guys they got, but none of that is overwhelmingly telling me they played together longer. They started the season together. Of course they should be better. I'm talking about, they should be better acquainted. They should be better situated. They should be better in their and know how to play more than the Sixers. But what we'll tells you the Sixers, because of the talent level, Philadelphia has as many productive players off the bench and their starting five is better. So they're beating teams without the chemistry. They have now gained chemistry. This is a whole new ballgame. This isn't the first of the season. This isn't the third of the season. This isn't uh, 10 games left in the season. This is this team playing together. When it was 10 games left in the season and all Toronto did was trade for Mark Gasol. That was a different piece. Philadelphia was getting acquainted with a bunch of good players, but the thing is, these are a bunch of elite players and productive players on the bench. All you need is time, and this time with these type of players, it's over for Toronto. They played enough from when they didn't have much chemistry to now when they have, and they're starting to develop together. It's over. It only took a matter of time. Even if they would have played Toronto in the first, in the in, in the first series. I'd have been like, okay, well, it's a possibility Toronto could beat them, but I think Philly is. They just got more talent. It would have been seven games though. It definitely would have been seven games, but either way, just coming into the playoffs, I think Philly would have beat them. I would have picked Philly, but now that they play them in the second round. It's definitely over because they had a whole round to get used to their crop and, and, and a team like Brooklyn, a tough, But not talented enough at all, team. Not even close to being talented. And then Toronto lost a game to the Magic. They don't scare nobody. They should have just wiped them out. They had been together with a Kawhi Leonard for this whole time. Philadelphia had a reason to lose to Brooklyn. Toronto had no reason to lose to Brooklyn. No reason. Not one single reason to lose. I mean, excuse me. Toronto had no reason to lose to the Magic. Not, Not one reason. Philly... I mean, you're going to get cut off guard at least one game. Anybody remember how Boston lost to Philadelphia in that one game? You know, when they got all their pieces. Oh, Kawhi Leonard wasn't there when Toronto lost to Philadelphia. Okay, what does that mean? So you mean one guy. One one guy don't determine Philly. Not for seven games. You're not going to be able to beat Philly seven games even without Embiid. You, You can't even prove to me that. You just can't. They got too much talent. Too much. (laughs) It's like people forget that Jimmy Butler is an elite player or Tobias Harris is an elite player. And one thing that I I credit Brett Brown on is he saw that, you know, Boban gets tired, too. He got another guy in Greg Monroe to come in and spell if Boban gets tired because he sees that. He sees that that happens. And I think that was just so smart a Brett Brown to realize how Embiid is and get two more centers. And then you got Bobine and then you got Greg Monroe. He really is a smart coach for trading for Bobine and signing to Greg Monroe. And then you still got guys like Ennis who gets most of the time. Most of the time it's going to be Ennis, Mike Scott and Bobine getting time. That's, that's, that's most of the time it's going to be that eight. And then the point five could be Jonathan Simmons, could be TJ McConnell, could be Jonah Bolden, could be Fourcon Corkmines, All these guys have produced during the year nobody's looking at this and the crazy part is the chemistry of that bench has to get good and they've been getting better and better and better so bottom line my new father leader bottom line at the end of every podcast bottom line eagles are gonna be good next year they're gonna be deep they're gonna have to answer all the questions and i think the eagles will be a super bowl contender they're a super Bowl contender now I think they're going to win it next year. They're going for They're going for it. I think they're going to win it next year. If everybody stays healthy, I think if the key players stay healthy, Eagles got the Super Bowl. They got it. They really did their team good. And the Sixers, there's no way in the world you can actually t- sit here and tell me Toronto's going to be better than a team like this, looking at this team and the potential they can have, looking at this team and what they have, looking at this team and who they have. Look at this team and what they've done in these playoffs and where they rank in these playoffs. Look at the rankings in these playoffs. They are. Both teams played against less talented teams in the the first round. Who looked more impressive? I know y'all like Hawaii. Y'all talking about Ben. And that is going to be the X factor. That's the X factor. The X factor is Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris, really. Tobias against uh, Pascal. You're going to see what this guy's about and what's the difference between these guys. The difference between Tobias and Pascal, you're going to see that he's going to be that guy and Jimmy Butler, everybody forget about it. He's the guy that I think is, you know, the X factor period. But in this playoffs, it has to be Ben Simmons. The 16 point guard has to take advantage of his matchup, you know, things and is, He don't have to score 30 points. Ben Simmons don't have to do that no more. You got four scores on the team. All you got to do is make the right play. You know, rebound, play good defense. That's it. You talking about scoring, I think 10, 12 points would be the best thing for Ben Simmons to score in this series. Tobias, Jimmy Butler, when people are locking on Ben Simmons, all he has to do is get his other guys open. Penetrate, play aggressive, get his other guys open. I think he'll score about 15 points a game this series. <clears throat> I think he'll score 15, 8, and 9 this series. I think he'll score 15-8 and by 10. I think he's everybody else, when, when people try to go on Ben Simmons, he got too many players he can get the ball to and they can create their own shot. That's what's going to happen. Kawhi's going to try to lock down and mess with Simmons. Simmons is going to find people. He's going to beat Kawhi by finding the guy open because everybody's still, you, you, have, you can't just lay off of him because when you lay off of him, he's going to give it to somebody else that's going to create their shot. So now you're going to have to Mess with Ben Simmons because he's going to go inside and pass it to somebody that got length and is going to come inside. It's nothing Toronto is going to be able to do. They're a good defensive team. One of the best in this playoffs. But Philadelphia's second in the playoffs in scoring to the Warriors. They're one of the best rebounding teams. One of the best shot-blocking teams. One of the best, you know what I mean, field goal teams. I mean, this is get it right. All right, so I'm out of here, y'all. Follow the leader. Holler at your boy, man. Bottom line. Eagles going to have a Super Bowl contending team, a deep Super Bowl contending team next year, and the Sixers will beat Toronto Raptors. I say four games or three, giving them respect, that they're the Toronto Raptors, but I think it could be four games or two. Holler.